You're listening to Her Body IOFM with your hosts, Alex Navarro and Andrea Jangle, the women's source for optimal health and lifelong performance. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Her Body, brought to you by Body IOFM with your hosts, Alex Navarro and Andrea Jingle. Hi, everyone. How's it going, Alex? It's going great. How about yourself? I'm doing well, thank you. Sounds like you had a fun uh, day yesterday. Yes. See, I try to keep my my life very balanced. I was stuck with a, s- struck with the stomach flu for several days, and then I had to catch up with work, and then I rewarded myself by going snowboarding yesterday. <laughs> Great balance. I love so, it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now, yeah, now life's all back to normal. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, I'm very excited for today's episode, as I'm sure you are, because we have a special guest in studio today, Caroline Glick. Want to say hi? Hi. Thank you for having me on, both of you. Oh, of course. We're, we're happy to have you and excited to talk about your story and what you have to share with us in the audience today. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure. Um, my name is Caroline Gick, and I, am, um, I was a figure competitor. I am someone who's been using carb night, carb backloading, shockwave protocols, a lot of Kiefer's uh, work for quite a few years now. And... Um, I am a professional librarian. That was my career for many, many years as I was competing on the side, trying to find some balance, as AJ was talking about a minute ago. And I have recently left my job as a librarian because I'm starting a clothing company that is focused on creating clothes for women with athletic physiques. I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit later, but that's just my brief overview. I love the story. I mean, I, I've known you for a while, and it's it's been really fun and interesting to hear where you came from, your original background and, and the transition that you made into figure competing mm-hmm. and, you know, the, the struggles that you faced as well during that time, which we'll obviously talk about mm-hmm. a little bit more. And I think what you've, what you're creating here is, is very exciting and it's totally appropriate for us and in the audience mm-hmm. and um, just the whole message behind it. So I'm, I'm really excited to dive into that and, be able to share, you know, what you're creating and being able to bring to everybody. Yeah, it's it's really great. And I think, um, Alex, you were actually my posing coach for my yes. very first competition. <laughs> so we have known each other for quite some time. <laughs> Way back, I think that was in 2010. Yeah, yeah, you're 2010. Right. Yeah, yeah. So that she helped me, like- Alex helped me get up on stage and do my thing. I was, um, like I said, I'm a, I'm a librarian. And when the idea of competing was brought to my attention. I had just recently started strength training. It wasn't my background at all. And someone said, you should try competition. And I Googled it. I didn't know what they were talking about (laughs) and saw these women on stage in bikinis and heels. And I thought, you don't know me at all. I'm a librarian. I'm not getting up there. Are you kidding me? (laughs) And then I actually went to a competition and saw the women. And, you know, I, I had a much closer look at um, the physiques that they created and the work that they put into it. And it wasn't just you're in a sparkly bikini on stage at all. And I absolutely, I, I saw that and I said, I, I have to do that. <laughs> really excited. So, um, so that's my, to step back just a little bit before that, I, one of the things that I think I connect with a lot of women on is that I actually didn't do anything 
physically really until I was about 35 years old. I was a skinny kid and, you know, just I grew up in the 70s and 80s. So there was plenty of playing outside and moving around. I was active, but I was certainly not athletic in any way, shape or form. And when I came to athletics, it was as a runner in, uh, in my 30s. I started as an endurance runner, just kind of jumped right into marathons. I apparently have an extreme personality. It's all or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and so I started running and I did a little bit of strength training, more as just cross training for running. And this was back in 2005, 2006. And that's when I was introduced to Carbonite back then. And Anybody who knows Kiefer and knows his take on women and running will know that that wasn't it wasn't ideal to be putting the two together. <laughs> but um, I was able to work on a modified carb night while I was doing my endurance training, and it actually assisted me in reducing my um, my running time in marathons by about an hour from my first marathon to my second marathon. Which that's a significant amount of time. It really is. It, it was pretty substantial. And then my half marathon times, I just kept PRing and PRing because we would modify and adjust carb night appropriately and see how I was working. And you know, I know you guys talk a lot about being able to be in control of your diet and manipulating it to mm-hmm. meet your goals. And um, that really is what we did and or what I did. And it was pretty phenomenal. However, I realized I didn't really care to keep running anymore. I didn't like the body I had. I didn't feel great. My diet was good, but the running itself was killing me. You know, it was really, really dragging me down. And I also, I did not have a lot of muscle on my body, more so on my legs than elsewhere, but I was very lean and skinny little girl up top. And my legs were still, I didn't like the composition of them. Um, I still had a bit of that pear shape. And so I started paying more attention to strength training and I just fell in love with it absolutely fell in love with it. Once I started looking at that, I stopped running altogether. Pretty much that was it. No more. And then I got into figure competing. And so it wasn't just training for the sake of training, but I had a goal and a very specific program, very specific diet. And during that time, I used both carb night and carb backloading to put on muscle and to stay lean as best I could between shows. Um, and really work with my body in the right way um, to be able to compete and to maintain a relatively healthy lifestyle and balanced lifestyle throughout the year. Which you did an, an exceptional job of. I mean, I, I was able to see you in person and see your, the transformation that your body went through. And it was awesome. Thank you. I mean, quite a transformation. I remember seeing your your back pose on stage and, mm-hmm. and the comparisons and just, you know, the balance that you created in your life while still being able to achieve, you know, the aesthetic changes that you were going for. You, you did an exceptional job. Oh, thank so, you so, so much. Bravo. It was thank it's exceptional. You. And, and I, I refer to you actually to to other clients who are interested in competing and about how, you know, this, this is possible, mm-hmm. especially for someone, like you said, who you know, maybe has never been athletic mm-hmm. before in their life. And mm-hmm. they're not sure if that's something that they can actually do because they have no experience. And it's just a matter of, like you said, setting a goal, setting something specific, having a plan mm-hmm. and working towards it and understanding that, you know, there's some patience involved, but you can really make anything happen that you want. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty phenomenal too, because I think I fell into that 
the camp of assuming that I, I had a certain body type based on genetics and, you know, based on my family, oh, we're very lean up top and bigger on the bottom. Mm -hmm. And that's the way it is. That's the way it's going to be. And so, you know, not having been athletic as a child, I didn't understand being able to manipulate that. I would, like I said, I was in my thirties by the time I uh, came to working out, even training. And I actually I think I was 39 years old um, when I did my first competition and when I really started strength training and really saw how much I could change my body. And then between my first competition and my second competition, I really put on a lot of size in my upper body, like you said, in my back, mm-hmm. in my shoulders. I had no back. I had no shoulders at all. But with with a good coach, with the right training, with the right nutrition, you're not bound by the genetics in the way I thought I was going to be. Which I think is a very important point mm-hmm. for, for anybody who's interested in trying to achieve any goal, whether it's something small, you know, you just want to lose a few pounds or really transforming your physique into something, you know, whether it's a performance goal or an aesthetic goal that, just like you said, with the right programming and diet and assistance when it's necessary, you can make those things happen. And I like what you said earlier about, you know, while you did go through the process between the first show and the second show, it was quite a bit of time, was it not? About a year. Mm-hmm. About a year. It took a year off to put size on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But during that time, there was no bulking, you know, traditional bulking cutting phase. Is that right? No. At that time, I think for my first competition, I was strictly on carb night. And then in the year between, when I really paid attention and put on the size that I wanted wanted to put on to compete, uh, to be more competitive. I used a combination of carb night and carb backloading. I think primarily carb backloading at that time. And so throughout the year, I I didn't go into what a lot of competitors think of as the traditional bulk phase. And, um, but I was using carb backloading to put on muscle and to grow in that way. But I was able to stay quite lean throughout the year. And I still maintained my energy. I didn't have to go bulk, 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 and then do an extreme cut when it came closer to competition time. I was able to put on the size, keep my energy levels up to maintain my leanness. And then just as we got closer to the competition is when I would start to pull it back some. Right. And then those adjustments, I'm assuming were pretty small, but small Mm -hmm. enough to substantial enough to make, you know, the necessary changes for you to be stage ready. Yes. Yeah. But I'm assuming too that there wasn't, you know, you weren't doing hours of cardio nope. by any means. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure that you were still enjoying plenty of yummy things on your carb nights. Absolutely. <laughs> which is, I think, the funnest part of the, the process getting to stage when it is time mm-hmm. to really, you know, show prep is that not much changes. No, not a lot does. I mean, some things might get cleaned up, but for the most part, you're still enjoying carb nights and get to eat yummy things that in the traditional approach would be completely frowned upon. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) People look, you're eating what? (laughs) Cookies. Yeah. (laughs) And and what's fabulous about it is I, I have not competed in about two years. I decided not to compete anymore. And not a whole heck of a lot has changed, quite frankly. I found that I actually tend more towards carb backloading now than carb night. And I, but I do so without, without putting a whole lot of thought into it. And I know you, you guys have talked about this before and, and Kiefer talks about this. It's, 
it's really pretty easy once you have it down, once you know how your body responds to certain things and you listen to your body and know where you are, you know, I don't put time and thought into it every single day. How am I going to do this? What am I going to do? I'm able to just maintain and um, enjoy life, enjoy the balance. Um, I don't go crazy with food, but then I also don't deny myself if I want something or need, feel like I need something. Um, and, but it's, it's been really interesting to see how it goes from you know pre-show prep to during contest prep to after competition. And I've been able to modify, and I still use both carb night and carb backloading. It's how I inherently eat these days. And has been for many years now, I guess, if I think about it. <laughs> it's, it's kind of hard to, to step out of that once you've been in it, I think. And, yeah. And maybe, I don't know if you've experimented with it, but I, I definitely played with a little, you know, front loading my carbs at mm-hmm. <laughs> one point down the line. And it was just not for me. I, and I think that's why I've stuck with it so long is that it, it's what feels best. Mm-hmm. I, it, you know, we all do the little experimentations or kind of sidetracks here and there. Maybe this will work. Maybe that'll work. Or maybe I want to do a little more of this. And I honestly, you know, if I have breakfast and particularly if I have carbs at breakfast, oh, just the rest of the day has gone. Agreed. I want to take a nap. Exactly. And my <laughs> energy levels go down and I just, it's, it's what works well for me. It's how I feel best. So yeah. And, and I, you know, who knows, I'll probably experiment with something else at some other time too. So, um, but this is, this really works for me. And now you. It's interesting. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to interject just saying, you know, listening to you guys uh, back and forth, you know, what I'm really picking up on is that there's not, there's not too many things that are really tweaked, but in general, it's a short-term goal and a, and a mindset possibly to get to that short-term goal. And then the little bit of dietary and maybe training adjustments that go along with that. And, you know, that's what I'm really finding for myself too, is like, I know we're not looking at like cutting and bulking phases, but it's important to say, okay, you know what? I've been, I've been carb backloading, trying to gain some muscle size for this amount of time. And now I'm just going to adjust my mindset for a little bit, whether it's leading up for a show or maybe, mm-hmm. you, you know, you're going to a destination wedding or something like that. There's a little bit of a mindset change there and your goal changes with that and things need to be tweaked accordingly, but they're never like these massive changes where it's like, you know, a total 180. <laughs> yes. Agreed. Agreed. And it's nice to, once you've been able to play with that a little bit, to know that it it is easy to manipulate it one way or another for those small goals. So like you said, if there is an event coming up that you want to look especially good for, Mm -hmm. um, or a photo shoot or something like that, that you can make those small tweaks to get to that and then be able to make another small tweak down the road to then achieve something else. And it's more about just making those small adjustments and not having to, you know, flip everything over to try to like, okay, now I have this event and I have to change all these things. And it's, it doesn't have to be that big of a deal. Because that's such an emotional and psychological twist too. And, and I find that I don't think I would do well with that. I, at one point in my life, I worked really well with those goals far out and I kind of needed something like that um, to stay disciplined. Um, And over the course of time, having those goals, perhaps working towards them, and then seeing how I'm able to manipulate, seeing how my body responds, seeing what works. It's less important for me to 
have that strict, okay, I have a show in 12 weeks and I've got to shift up everything about what I'm doing right now in order to meet that goal. Because when that goal is over, then what? And a lot of people get stuck there. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, it's like, okay, the show happened and now, now what do I do? Now I don't know. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. And I mean, that's, that's part of what I try to instill on the women that I help get to stage is Mm -hmm that this is just one step of the journey. And this is a great opportunity for you to pay attention, learn about your body, you know, make note of how you feel when you do certain things, when you eat certain things, so that when the show is over, you know your body and you know, or at least open to the idea of playing with it and getting the feedback from it to know what's going to work best for you down the road. So it's more of just yeah, the, the stage is the ultimate goal, but it's mm-hmm. the journey along the way and the learning process that I try to encourage. Absolutely. And I liked what you said, AJ, about, you know, having some maybe perhaps smaller goals, um, whether it's the destination wedding or a photo shoot or just wanting to look good for a particular event. Those are really important during life things. And it's a good way to keep yourself motivated and moving in the right direction and not feeling like you have to have these major things. I mean, it's fabulous if you want to compete and people have um, those major events as well, but in the middle, in between, or if you decide that you no longer want to get on stage, it doesn't mean everything shuts off or you are going to be lost without having that big goal. So if you can kind of keep your mindset that, you know, life is fabulous, life is great. We have these different things happening throughout the year and here's how I want to, of manipulate and maneuver myself so that I feel great and look great at these different times or I can perform better um, if you have a sport that you want to do or gain some strength whatever your goal is I I like to kind of mix it up and change it up yeah so what um, let's talk about that a little bit Mm -hmm. so you you did shows and then you decided that uh, like what was going through your head there where you did like your last show did you know you didn't want to really do it anymore Mm -hmm. you know a lot of a lot of women struggle with you know, when they put a lot of energy and passion into something, um, it's hard to step away from it because we, we identify ourselves with the things that we do. Like I had that experience when I used to do a lot of like extreme sports and then I moved um, you know, to a place that I didn't have access to that. You mm-hmm. kind of feel like you're giving up a part of self, but it's not really who you are. It's just what you did at that time. So maybe just a little touch on that transition for you and how you uh, made that decision. Sure. I had... I. I I did the, my last competition in spring of 2013. And before I did that one, I had thought I was done with competing. I just wasn't sure it was for me. And then I went back to it a year later because I was kind of lost without it. Like you talk about, I, I defined myself so much by that. I wasn't sure where else to pick up that motivation, where else to pick that up and how to put my, you know, keep myself like, quote unquote on track. But Um, so I decided to compete again and I found that in my last prep and the last competition, uh, my heart was not in it. I love the training. I love the discipline. I love keeping myself on track and working toward a goal. Competition itself is not for me. I found that the day of competition, I, I did not like the day of competition. <laughs> Met some wonderful, wonderful women, competed with a lot of great people. and But that's it's just not my personality. 
it's just not me. I do like to get on stage in the limelight a little bit. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> likes that a little bit. Um, but it just, the whole vibe um, was not comfortable to me. And I felt like I was competing just so that I could train the way I wanted to train and get that sense of pride of following my diet on point and coming in the way I wanted to come in. And I realized that I could do that. I can train the way I want to train and eat the way I want to eat and look the way I want to look without getting on stage. Um, but that's kind of hard. You have, it's, you know, that's self-motivation and where's the quote unquote payoff for that. And since then, I, after that competition, I did, I was glad that I made the decision to not compete again. I don't think I've ever felt that I want to go back to it, but it took me a while to kind of rebalance myself and actually be okay with the concept that just me and my daily life, having the energy to do the things I want to do, um, being in the gym and training for myself was enough. And I'm at that point now, it's about two years later, where I, I feel perfectly comfortable with that. I'm also more focused on getting my business going and doing things that are involved with that, which also does require me to keep my energy levels up, stay effective, and then also look and feel a certain way because I'm working with customers who I, I am my customer, essentially, and I need, to, I need to be representative of that. And I get more motivation now from just being in the gym. And I see more and more women coming into my gym. I just go to a local 24-hour fitness. Um, and I used to be, people wouldn't come up to me and talk to me before. I guess I had my angry face on or something. And so, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm familiar with that. Yeah. I, I do that face too. <laughs> and nobody would come up and talk to me. And, and, you know, that was okay in the moment. But now I've found just in the past year, it's kind of funny. People come up and talk to me all the time. And it's a lot, a lot of women who are coming into the um, coming into the weight room portion of the gym, whether it's for the first time or they've been there for a few times where they obviously work out some. Um, there are not a lot of other competitors in there. But the wonderful thing is I have people come up to me and ask me about my training. How did how, how did you get this way is essentially the question. What should I be doing? My trainer is having me do this or I want to get a trainer how did you put on muscle? Um, and so I'm able to, you know, just have conversations and encourage people on a day-to-day -day basis. And that is it's hyper motivating for me. I love to be in there and I love to have people come up to me and talk to me. And I'm so glad when they do, because I know that there's kind of a barrier you have to break through to, to start that conversation. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, that in itself is motivating for me. I don't, I, I don't think I'll ever go back to competing, but I do have things like I did a photo shoot last week and a video shoot this week. So that helps keep me motivated in terms of looking and feeling my best. Um, but it's mostly daily life stuff. It's a, it's so let's, a small thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you guys are in the same room. So <laughs> I feel like I'm just like, and be like, oh, here I am. <laughs> but um, that, you know, it's a perfect transition. But like everything that you've been through is really led up to this point where mm -hmm. and I want you to talk about how you've started your own business and transition and, you know, just like taking that risk. I know you um, you can you can get into it, but you quit mm -hmm. your day job and you put mm -hmm. everything on the line. But it's like all those experiences build up into something amazing that you're doing now. And just to 
to preface that, I'm going to say mm-hmm. that I got to meet you in person for the first time two weeks ago yep. and mm-hmm. having, you know, been Facebook friends for the last <laughs> year or so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just going to tell the audience that everything that you see online, like that's the way you look, like you look awesome. You oh, look thank you. absolutely like you like healthy, you look strong, you have an amazing physique. So you're just talking about photo shoots and stuff. And I just want to vouch and say like, you walk around looking like that all the time. And <laughs> oh, thank you. you should be very, very proud. <laughs> thank you. You know, it, and it's the thing is, I just I feel good. I, I just I feel good and I feel healthy. And that's kind of a pretty huge thing. Um, and um, I'll, I'll step back a little bit to talk about kind of how I got to where I am and what I'm doing today as far as um, the business and how that came about. So when I was training, I started training. And like Alex said, you know, between my first and my second show, I really put on a lot of muscle, a lot of size. Um, My shoulders got much broader, bigger back. Um, I've always had kind of a small waist, but the V taper really started to come out there. My arms got bigger, the shape of my legs changed and all of that. So while I'm training and putting on this size and feeling fabulous. I just, I loved what I was doing, changing my body. I was a librarian, uh, the manager of a couple libraries, and I had to wear a professional wardrobe to work, you know, blouses, jackets, pants, that kind of thing. And as I was changing my body, I realized that I was no longer fitting. You know, I'd go to the closet when I got home from the gym. I always work out in the morning. I'd get home feeling awesome. And then I'd get to the closet and I'd start to put something on. I'm like, oh my God, this doesn't fit. I can't get it over my arms. And, and, you know, you try one thing on and then another and another and it's not working and it's frustrating. And so then, okay, I got to buy some new clothes. So I go to the store to try to do that. Well, we, we all know now how that goes. You know, you're in the dressing room and you start to feel bad about yourself because you don't fit into the clothes that you're trying on. And gosh, what's wrong with me? Um, nothing is wrong with you, you know, and, but it's something that I hadn't anticipated and that I hadn't, nobody had really talked to me about. And so the emotional ups and downs that went with changing my body for the good were pretty substantial. And so, you know, I would try to do things, you belt the blouse or you, you know, just do whatever you can to try to make it work. But that always left me feeling, you know, insufficient or very, very self-conscious when I was at work. I'd be in a meeting trying to, you know, explain my point and I'm wondering if my, you know, my, my top's going to come undone or, you know, my <laughs> pants are going to start falling down because the waist is so big and it's, it's, it's uncomfortable. It's unprofessional. It, it just really, really messes with your head or at least it messed with my head. And I started talking to other women at the gym and then also on Facebook, noticing that people were saying the same thing. Oh, I had to go shopping again. Oh, we know how awful that is. And I just started to think, I'm like, well, why don't they make clothes for us? You know, what is it about us that doesn't work? Um, it's that our proportions are different. And, you know, at that point, this was a couple of years ago when I first had the idea. And I, I understand the larger clothing companies, they're looking for big markets. You know, they need to sell to big markets. And the number of women who have physiques like we do with the, um, with the V taper, the broader shoulders, the smaller waist is not a huge market or was not a huge market. But it is growing. And, and that's one of the things that I find most fascinating, you know, both from a business perspective, but also just from a kind of, you know, empowerment and strength perspective is the number of women who are coming to strength training now. Um, I think, you know, whatever you think about CrossFit one way or the other, I think it has brought an attention 
to lifting and to strength training for women that wasn't there before. The market is growing. There, If you've been to a bodybuilding competition at all, the number of women competing in bikini um, skyrocketed. It's, it's huge. Huge. Yeah, there are so many women that are in the gym and lifting. And so I felt, you know, this is the time to kind of get out there because these women are going through the same thing that I went through and that, you know, maybe you guys and some of your clients have gone through as you're changing your body. I don't want to sacrifice feeling good for looking good and um, realize that nobody's making clothes for us. So I decided, and at first I thought it would just be a hobby, <laughs> which <laughs> that soon <laughs> became obvious that it can't just be a hobby. So I, I went out there and I talked, to, I talked to a lot of women and I started collecting measurements um, to see if what I thought in theory was actually true, um, that our proportions were pretty... Um, even in different sizes, small, medium, large, but we all have similar proportions in terms of the, the way our, our body is now um, uh, shaped. And started, you know, just asking people, what, what do you look for in the stores? And just kind of doing my research that way. And then I came across some designers and brought in designers because I'm a librarian, I'm a competitor, but I'm not a designer myself. I've always loved clothes. And I always feel very strongly about how the clothes I wear represent how I feel about myself and how I want to present myself on a, any given day. And I felt like I wasn't able to walk out in the world being myself when I couldn't fit into my clothes. And so it became very important to me to create a place where people could find clothes that fit. You know, we're a, we're a, a, a group of women that, I want to say we, you know, feel marginalized, but we, you know, in some ways it's like you're either... If you're a bodybuilder or you put on a lot of muscle, you are, quote unquote, different. Um, mm -hmm. You're not conforming to the rest of the world. And, you know, you can't find clothes that fit and things that work for a lot of people don't work for us. And I wanted to create a place where women who perhaps felt that way in one way or another, but also have a strong sense of pride and a strong sense of self could go and find clothes that actually worked for them. And so that's how I got into coming up with the idea for, um, for the clothing line, which is called Quarter Turn Clothing, and starting design, started designing for that. And I found after a couple of years that I wasn't able to work at my job and do this at the same time. And this feels so important to me. I think it's a huge gap in the market and something that's really needed by a lot, a lot of women. And so I decided to quit my job, like you said, at about January of last year. So it's been just a little over a year and devote myself full time to bringing Quarter Turn to life. We all thank you for that. Oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. So many change room breakdowns right oh, here. <laughs> isn't it awful? I mean, it it's like, why are we in tears, you know? <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's so, it makes me sad because you know, a lot of women that come to us, they want to transform their physiques. And, mm -hmm. and a lot of the thing is because, you know, they don't feel, you know, the clothes. It's like, I know we said like the scale is not the best measurement and, mm -hmm. you know, we take girth measurements and photos and stuff. But then a lot of things that we tell people is how do your clothes feel? Mm -hmm. And yeah, for the first little while, they start getting looser and they start mm -hmm. feeling better. And then when you're, you like, you go through what you talked about when you start getting that V taper and mm -hmm. start broadening your shoulders, the clothes that were like, 
you know, once fitting pretty good, now all of a sudden nothing fits. And it is, yep. it's an emotional roller coaster. And you have to get dressed to go to a formal party. And like you're sitting there going, nothing fits in my closet. And you go to the store thinking you're going to find the answer mm-hmm. and nothing fits at the store. Mm-hmm. And you come home and you're like, I'm not going to the party. <laughs> <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> I can't find find a blouse that fits. <laughs> right, right. Um, you don't want to wear you know, something just, really baggy just because that's all that you can fit in. Well, I always tell people, Mike, if, if you, the size that you think you are doesn't fit on your quads and shoulders and the size up looks like a muumuu, then you've transformed your physique. <laughs> that's the good, that's the tipping point, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the tipping point. I'm like, yeah. just nothing makes sense anymore. <laughs> yeah. So uh, go on. You said quarter turn clothing, which I mm-hmm. know, like Alex and I know the meaning of that name, but why don't mm-hmm. you tell the audience what it is? Sure. Really so, like so, um, so I come from the world of um, bodybuilding and figure competitions. And if you've um, either competed or been to a show, you know that at least for the figure division, um, quarter turns are the way that you you turn on the stage to showcase your physique for the judges. And so you'll hear it. You start with a front pose, and you hear the judges say, "Quarter turn to the right, quarter turn to the right," and that's how you transition from pose to pose. And the goal is to do it with you know, with strength, with grace, with ease to really showcase your, your, the beauty of your body and what you've done with, with your body. And so it's really putting yourself in the best light. And so when I was trying to come up with a name, you know, it was challenging because a lot of people think when I say I'm doing a clothing line for, for athletic women, they think workout wear. And, and I get that. Um, but what I'm doing is, you know, I call it real clothes for really fit women. And I'm starting more on the professional side, blouses, jackets, pants, that kind of thing. And the goal is to then grow it into more a lifestyle, um, a lifestyle line so that there's, you know, professional and somewhat more casual. But it's not a workout wear. So when I was trying to come up with a name, a lot of the things I was thinking of sounded more like sports gear. And, um, and it just hit me one day. I do my quarter turns on stage. And that's how I transition from pose to pose. And that's how I showcase my body. And, you know, I thought moving from the gym to work to, you know, dinner with friends to date with your partner, that's you transitioning through your day. And so this clothing line gives you the opportunity to transition from all of those different to, you know, to and from all of those different phases while maintaining that feeling of pride and that ease and that grace and that strength. Um, You don't have to, you know, feel great in the gym and then turn around and feel not so great at work. Um, that kind of thing. So, so that's where the name quarter turn came from. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really, I, and I've never heard you actually explain it that way in, in terms of the transitioning into your, your normal everyday life and yeah. it, it, that's what we need. Yeah, absolutely. We need that. Absolutely. Yeah. And so um, I, I'm, I'm super excited about, about what I'm creating and what I'm doing and getting it out there to people, because I think that, you know, that's the, I started blogging a little while ago on a different website and the comments I get when I just start talking about it, talking about it being an issue without even having any product available or anything, I would get comments from women. They're just like, oh my gosh, thank you. Thank you for talking about it. Thank you for bringing it up. Thank you for thinking about it. And that was when I decided that I had to leave my job and do this because the messages I was getting were so heartfelt and so you know, thankful that someone was even paying attention that I could just see that this it's 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 something that we all need, um, and so and so that's what kind of convinced me to really 
all right, here we go. <laughs> Let's make this work. <laughs> and so what has the process been like since you started? You, know, you, you mm-hmm. mentioned finding a designer mm-hmm. and you mentioned what you wanted to start the line with. So mm-hmm. what was the process been like? Um, it's It's been, you know, it's been kind of long and bumpy and a lot of learning because I'm coming at this from, you know, completely different background. Um, but I brought in, um, I've worked with a couple designers to try to perfect the design. And I actually found a company that helps not only with design and pattern making and sample making, but also some of the business aspects of starting a clothing line and being in that industry, which is extremely helpful. Um, and so I've gone through, I think, three or four designs, prototypes to get to the first, uh, to get to my first prototype that we're going to actually manufacture of the blouse that we've created um, or that I've created. And so it's been, it honestly, it took a lot more uh, than I thought it was going to, but that's because I wanted to collect the data. I wanted to talk to people. I wanted to make sure that we got the fit right. Um, and so those things take, do take time. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to get feedback from people on the fittings and the sampling and um, make sure that we were on the right track before I put something out there. I also don't want to create an entire line and put it out there until I hear back from people that were kind of in the right place. Um, so I have one product that will be ready for manufacturing, and then I've got designs for every the, for for the the rest of the line to ready to be developed once we kind of get past the first product. Um, but it's been really interesting. I've gotten to talk to a lot of great people, both on the fashion industry and design side and getting myself really involved in that. And then also talking to a lot of other, you know, peers and athletes and women um, who are just, you know, they're living their lives and looking for something like this. And so it's been, it's been really great to be connected on both sides and to try to bring them together um, in quarter turn what I'm doing. And I guess, you know, next steps. So I have, we created one thing I should say, I want to step back for just a second. One thing, uh, what became, you know, it was, it was my idea when I thought of it that this should, you know, this shouldn't be a challenge. And it was a bit more of a challenge than I thought it would be. But what's really different about our clothes, you know, when you look at them, blouse, pants, skirt, um, it's not like we've got some avant-garde designs going or anything. Mm-hmm. But what's different is the fit, the proportions. When you go to a store, when you get measured for anything, they'll ask you for your, your bust size, your waist size, and your hips. And what I ask for, what we ask for first are your shoulders. And we measure we, our, our designs and our, our construction is based on shoulders, also arm size, because a lot of people have bigger biceps, triceps, you know, busting out of your shirt there, <laughs> wider backs um, and somewhat smaller waists. And so those are the shoulders being the defining feature. And so that's what really sets our our clothing apart from others is that the proportions are based on our physiques and not trying to find, okay, a size 12 shirt fits my shoulders, but hangs like a dress or a size four yeah. fits my waist, but I can't get it over my arms. Right. That kind of thing. Or you get it over and then you're not sure if you're going to be able to get it back off exactly. again. I mean, yeah. have, you ever, have you ever put a dress on or something in the dressing room? You're like, okay, I got it on. And like, oh, yes. now I can't get it off. I can't get it over my head. I can't I've get had- it off. 
<laughs> there's been ripping of, of material, then I feel bad. But I know. that's the only way I can get it off. It's horrible. <laughs> and it's so but, funny because we're like, our physiques are not like, and this is the thing that always boggled my mind. It's like, I'm mm-hmm. not a bodybuilder. Like there's right. women right. that are a lot more developed than, right. you know, any of us are, but nothing fits. And that's where, you know, when we met and I was, I was fascinated by the fact that of what you just said, because um, you, you talked about that in person, just with the shoulder measurements and mm-hmm. how you went collected all that data on your mm-hmm. own I did, so yes. w- was it like what you basically anticipated as far as the measurements or were you seeing like a lot of variables or you know how did that play out um I it was a little more varied than I anticipated but not that much um it kind of breaks down into a pretty set um proportion range you know inches from shoulders to waist the the one area that seems to fluctuate more than others is the waist size um, and, you know, different people's uh, just the, their composition. And what was interesting, we were just talking a little earlier about on season, off season, bulk, bulking and cutting is in a lot of the responses I got, the women would qualify. This is my on season time. Mm. This is I'm, I'm off season right now. So, wow. you know, on season, I'm about three inches, you know, smaller in the waist. And right now I am this size. So these are all interesting things that I'm trying to determine how to actually fit into the, the, the clothing, the design and the construction. A lot of it will be with, you know, it's not just the sizing of it, but the fabrics we use so that there's some flexibility or when we do pants and skirts, having like an internal, um, you know, internal waistband that has some flexibility to it so that um, it doesn't gape at the waist, but you have some options in terms of how wide it's going to be. So for those people that are naturally smaller in the waist, they can still fit into the right size that fits their glutes. Those people who go up and down because of whatever protocol they're following still have that flexibility. So that, that, was, really, that was really interesting, and that's kind of the biggest area of flexibility that I've seen. It's so important. Mm-hmm. Well, because then they can feel confident in being able to just buy a few pieces. Exactly. And not have to have, you know, their on-season wardrobe and then their off-season wardrobe. Because we all have those, don't we? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) It's amazing. So, yeah, because like you said, not a lot of these women are still doing like these big bulk and then Mm -hmm. cut spaces. So, yeah, you want to provide something that's going to be useful for them Mm -hmm. all the time, which at this point, I'm sure is just a pair of leggings and a bulky sweater, right? Exactly. (laughs) I mean, the irony irony of it is that, you know, I I left the job for which I needed at least the professional clothes, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I'm sitting here in leggings and a t-shirt and I had a bulky sweater on before. <laughs> but when yeah. I have to wear a blouse, I put my blouse on and it feels fabulous, mm. I have to say. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah. how are you going to bring these amazing products to, um, you know, to the market? So the plan right now is um, I have the, the first design all prototyped and it's ready for manufacturing. At this point, I have, um, I have actually put pretty much all my resources into just the development of the product. And so what I'm going to do is a funding campaign, um, Kickstarter, Indiegogo, to bring people to the product and help them um, help me support the growth of the company. And that would be manufacturing the blouse. So, you know, the reward will be um, uh, uh, one blouse or two blouses, whatever it is that, that we set up that way. So essentially kind of pre-ordering, uh, pre-ordering product. But that will enable us to manufacture the first product and then also 
put the time and the resources into developing the next products. Like I said, we've got pants, a, we've got a pair of pants, a skirt, a dress, and a blazer, all designed and ready to go. So, with the help of of women, you know, hopefully women listening to this to this podcast and women who need this line, it really is at least as far as I can tell, the only line that's focusing on us right now with this kind of product. So I'm hoping that I can gather some support from people to help bring it to to life and so that we can then grow it and have not just the professional line, but casual wear and really make it something that we can all go to with assurance and know, okay, well, at least if I get a, a shirt from here, I know it's going to fit me and I'm going to be okay with it. I won't have to bring it to the tailor. I won't have to feel like I'm wearing something that doesn't fit throughout. So... So that will be coming spring 2015, um, soon to be. So we'll keep everybody up to date on on my website, um, which is quarterturnclothing.com. And we'll just, we'll go from there. I'm really excited. Exciting. I love the concept of gathering the attention of the audience that mm-hmm. you're trying to attract and, and making them be a part of the process. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, you gathered all the data from the beginning and getting the feedback as you go through Mm -hmm. the process and through the different pieces to be able to just ensure that what you're developing is in fact for the women that you want to reach and making them making them feel a part of it like their input matters and being able to provide that feedback and really just reinforcing the community and the support of each other I I think is a great a great idea thank you and and you you absolutely get it that's exactly what I'm going for I almost kind of see it as a a movement as Mm -hmm. much as a you know, a business idea and a clothing line. And um, it's it's about all of us. And I'm not sitting here operating in a vacuum in my little apartment trying <laughs> to get this going. You know, <laughs> this is for all of us. And so I'm really looking to um, to just really connecting with people and having everybody involved um, as part of the movement um, to, to really encourage the confidence and, you know, the empowerment and the strength that we have and feeling good about ourselves. Very important. And it all like, it ties back in to like what you said right at the beginning of like, you know, how you didn't think your genetics, you you thought your genetics Mm -hmm. were going to hold you back and you went out there and you took that risk and you changed your body. And it's like, it's the same message, everything that you've been doing from your career to this product where it's like, you know, I haven't done this before. I'm going to take this big risk. I know it's different. I know it's not what everyone's doing, but I'm Mm going to go against the grain and, you know, be successful. So it's like that whole message is embraced through your whole story. And I really, I just think it's awesome. And I can't wait to try on the blouse. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Soon to be. (laughs) Yeah. You just want to tell everyone once again, where they can find you. And once we know the, Mm -hmm. the dates of when the Kickstarter will start, we'll obviously have those in the show notes so people can find you. That'd be great. I appreciate that. And yeah, so the website is quarterturnclothing.com. And if you go there, you can sign up for the email list and you'll be alerted as to when things are coming up and when things are available, or you can just keep checking back on the website. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. All of those links are on the website too, so you can find them easily. Wonderful. Yeah, you'll get to see lots of pictures of my kitties if you go Facebook. I work from home, so it's one of those things, you know, try to do, <laughs> keep people up to date with what's going on, and invariably there will be a cat in there somewhere. <laughs> Real life. And you have black cats, which is very yeah. smart, because yes. I have a beige dog, and with, like, workout clothes and a beige dog, and oh, all my funny. clothes are black, it's just a bad scene. Yeah. So, yeah. We, <laughs> black cats, that's the way to go. Next time we'll have... 
I'll have more, more fashion sense the next time I pick out a pet and I'll color coordinate it with my wardrobe. <laughs> there you go. It's very important. <laughs> well, I think that'll do it for today. I want to thank you so much for joining us. And I'm really excited to see this whole process unfold and, and share it with everyone. That's great. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. Thanks for being on the show. All right. We'll see you guys next time. You've been listening to Her Body IOFM with your hosts, Alex Navarro and Andrea Jengel. If you'd like to hear more, log on to body.io. We'll be back next time with more information about women's health and performance.